Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's Friday edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks so much for being here with us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. Some dude named Taryn has the lead at the U.S. Open. I need the uh, the leaderboard gravity to hit, to hit. That's what happens at U.S. Open. You get the leaderboard gravity. It just pulls on these bums at the top. They just get pulled down. Get out of here, Hardy, Buckley. Neesmith, Harmon, Diamond, Taron, get the hell up out of here. <laughs> Those guys are all there. They're all like 300. You got a gazillion people at 300. It's because they were all playing in the morning yesterday. Mm-hmm. They were able to survive. Uh, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Uh, McElroy is at 300. He's on number two. And uh, my man Lingworth just, uh, just nailed a long putt, stays in the top ten there. He got a clean card yesterday, one of the only, if not the only, player to have no bogeys in the first round. He has one today, uh, second hole of the day. We were watching Rory standing over a shot and waiting for, for the green to clear long time. for a very long time. He ended up blocking it out into the fescue greenside. So he didn't handle the delay as well as it looked like he was going to. Yeah, that's a that's a toughie, man. These guys sometimes, they do. That's a long time to wait, and some handle it better than others. Rom's at minus two right now. Sneaky, sneaky as we get ready to go to the weekend. If, yep. he, if he gets in there at uh, two or three under, look out. This could be a fun leaderboard. You could have McElroy, Scheffler, and Rom go into war. Yeah, and John yesterday was a shell of himself. He, I mean, for a pro and somebody of his caliber, shanked four or five approaches. I mean, they're 15 yards short and 15 yards to the right. They kept on calling it a wipe miss on the broadcast. And yet he found a way to shoot in the red figures. That's a scary deal because he seems to be very at peace with where he is. He's in a good place mentally. Well, I love his game, and he's also emerged as a great leader for the PGA Tour and and for his uh, cohorts there on the tour. Is that putt going in? It is not. Sorry. For whom? Rom. 
from distance. Uh, Rory shot from the fescue, went six inches. He'll be trying again. Okay, don't do this. We can't do this. Damn it, man. Now I'm going to get all frustrated. Watch. No, they're cutting it off. I'm behind you. <laughs> I've got it on here. Behind you. I, I'm behind you. I'm looking at Rory's fescue shot that went straight up. He's in the course, Tom. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's nowhere to take relief. No. So it's a very lonely feeling for the Northern Irishman. This is a toughie. He'll be falling back unless he holds this. But uh, that said, we congratulated to start the show. First of all, the dads out there, I understand. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's the best thing. Also, uh, congratulations to uh, Golden State. That is four. That is four. And Steph gets his MVP of the finals. Again, he was already in a very unique category of superstar players. Uh, I didn't think in my lifetime you'd watch a guard of his stature kind of be a transcendent player. Uh, you just didn't believe that anybody could shoot the ball that well. The other part of it is he is now going to influence like a radical shift in basketball for – when we're when you're in your 40s and yeah. I'm in like, my 60s, dude's like gonna be making 45 footers like nothing on the regular because he's influenced. It's just like the generation of golfers that were influenced by Tiger. Like now you look out on the golf course and the vast majority of these guys are in shape and they maintain fitness and they understand the importance of it. They all hit it a mile, all that stuff, right? Tiger did that. That was the Tiger Woods effect. And and Rory, by the way, is a direct descendant of that. You did the, the famous Nike commercial where he's a little kid imitating Tiger's swing when Tiger wins uh, at Augusta. Did he do it again? His second shot from the gorse went right under the ball. He'll be trying again. Oh. We are witnessing a very rough, rough circumstance here, sir. My man is falling off a cliff. Get it together, Rory. Over under the bunker for the next one. That's what I'm saying. Just get in the bunker. You can hit a bunker shot. He's really good from the bunker. Get out of this nonsense. Oh, now I'm seeing it, Tom. Oh, he's out. He's out. He's on the green. All right. All right. He's got a 25-footer for double. This concludes the pseudo play-by-play. So what he has to end up being here is what? Even par when this is all done, if he can be, and then just let's fight like hell. That's right. Because, listen, at every U.S. Open, you are going to have – a, a set of circumstances, not unlike the one we're witnessing right here, in which you have a double or a triple, and you've got to fight like hell to stay around. And guys who win this thing look back on it and always invariably go, well, you know, it was the Friday round where I fought like hell to shoot two over. And, uh, and it, you know, I stayed within five strokes of the lead, and it gave me a chance on the weekend, and then I really got hot on Saturday and you know put myself in a position. You always hear that. That's just the same conversation after every U.S. Open, because usually the number is somewhere around par. So you're just fighting like hell. And I have a sneaky suspicion that this minus three or any, you know, because you got guys in the clubhouse now with minus three. Sheffler's in the clubhouse at minus three. Hardy is whatever. He's in the clubhouse at minus three. He won't be there on Sunday. But um, he might be. He'll just fire an 82. (laughs) (laughs) But anyhow, that that number is a hell of a number to get into the clubhouse with. To to be able to get in, Sheffler's sitting in the catbird seat right now, especially given his pedigree, given how good he's been. Um, think about a guy who's outside the top 10 in the world, wins four times in 11 tournaments, including the Masters, and becomes number one in the world. Like, imagine how transformative and how crazy that is. Yeah, and, and doubting his existence as a professional player before the Masters on a Sunday, winning that tournament 
and then believing. Like you've gone, it's like it's not just transformative in the rankings or uh, right. your value as a as an entity of a, as a spokesman or your bank account. Right. <laughs> it's now I know. Yeah. I know for a fact. It all started with beating John Rom heads up in the Ryder Cup last year when Rom could not be beat. And it just continued on, and he just lost in the playoff a couple of weeks ago. So it's oh, not no. like he's out of form. Every week. He's always, like, you're pretty much, it's crazy. And in, when you look at the strokes gain stats and the things like that, it's a, it's all of his game. It's across, like, He's just good everywhere. You're kind of like, oh, okay, you're going to be that guy, are you? You know who petered out today? Cam Smith. Did he fall off a cliff? Oh, it's I don't know what he finished at. It's probably plus seven or plus eight, but he's done. He broke his lob wedge on the back nine. He was so frustrated. That's where he went. Okay. You know, by the way, I've got a theory, and it's going to be very interesting to watch this play out. It's a, it's a human interest thing. These guys, some of these guys, Davis Riley, good young player, beautiful swing. Okay, Cam Smith, who's been really, really good, obviously. Guys like that, they're being pushed hard by Liv. Liv's trying to get those guys. And I'm telling you, I think it's a terrible distraction for them. I don't think those yes. guys are going to play well. I yep. think they're going to struggle with this. They saw that backlash. Phil is a ghost up there. He is he is off staring in the distance. He's, what, he's plus 14 or whatever the hell he is. I mean, at one point today, Phil was in last place in the tournament. <laughs> you live your truth, buddy. Anyhow, so there's that. Well, that's remember the British guy years ago. He was a writer for whatever uh, publication over there. Mm -hmm. He was on the desk. At Fox, because Fox had the USGA, and yeah. this is when Phil walked up before the ball was done, not done oh, moving, he and he hit, yeah, it again. He hit it again. And he said, "He's what we would call in, in Britain an ass. He was being an ass." And yeah. everybody's like, "Whoa!" They got they left the interview as quickly as they possibly could. But now it just resonates. That guy is saying, "I am vindicated. I am vindicated, world." Yeah, uh, sure. I, I there's no doubt, and he made a fool of himself, and then now has played terribly, and that's not shocking. I mean, th there you go. But it is fascinating. Um, okay, so we'll come back to this, and there's your update. I want to get back to what I was talking about with with Florida State here in a second. There's a smidge of a footnote. Rory did bury the 25 footer for double, so he's at one under. Well, that's a big make. That is, and there was no celebration. He was like, "Mm-hmm, that went in." That's a really big make, man. Yeah, if he wins the tournament, you're going to look at that right there, that sequence. Yeah, man, I, some of these guys they get into situations where you're watching this and you're going, I don't, I don't think I'd get out. I don't I, look at Sam Burns kicking ass again. I would just be like, I'm not real sure I'm ever going to get out of here. I've been in the gorse in England. You did that. I was just about to ask you. You yeah. played over there, and so first of all, well, can you get the? What did you do? You can't find it half the time. You just drop. <laughs> You just drop. Well, then, and they're lucky because the tournament, yes. there's people trampling them down. You've got officials running over to spot the ball. After about my fourth attempt in the course, find the, ball. the rental sets over there were, I don't know, maybe they were sized to uh, English, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I did get up and down greenside once from the gorse, and I'll, that, that will come that with me it. wherever I go. I've done it once. But otherwise, you don't wear shorts if you're playing on a, on a course with Because cut your legs when you get in there. My legs were beat to crap, yeah, by the end of the round. It was bad. I saw where Michael Langston posted on warchant.com that, uh, what, we had three new commitments. We've talked about these guys before, right? More, more visitors. There's an uptick in uh, enthusiasm. Uh, They're doing what they can. Around football recruiting. This is what we talked about yesterday. You've got to set the table. You can't. There's, Build relationships. There's nothing that can happen right now that's definitively good. But you can set the table for really good things to happen. By the way, the Tafasi kid that committed to us, the defensive tackle that's so big, I, I, I asked around a little bit. That's an exciting get for them. They yes, feel very good about that. 
They wanted him. Again, they mm-hmm. had two true freshmen on campus because he's reclassifying to join the same group as Daniel Lyons and Bishop yeah, Thomas. Right, he's just going to go to school and, and of he, course, can't, he can't play football for us this year. But. I, I know you can't have enough trench monsters. You can, on either side, you yeah, can't no, have enough. No. But if this kid wasn't like more than um, a UConn offer or a Virginia Tech offer would suggest, you don't have to take him. But Arkansas wanted him too. So that's and a, Arkansas that, did. That's but, a good get. But that's what I'm saying is they didn't have to really go all in on this kid, but they did for a reason. And they're and they're hitting well at that position right now. What do we know of Jaden Jones, the community college defensive end? Uh, I know, you know, he was a three star prospect, 6'6, 250 pounds. I am tr- intrigued by 6'6, 250. It's a great, I, honestly. I know about some recruits. This would be a, uh, a Michael question. Well, I don't I, know enough about I, I'll him. tell you what I do know, and I read Michael's article, so it's helped. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you that right now. Credit goes to you, Michael Langston. But I, I know that Mizzou offered him. I know that Houston offered him. And by the way, Houston's pretty good. Um, so, you know, that's again, we're not exactly beating out Alabama for this guy. But you did beat out an SEC school, and you did beat out a Houston team that's pretty decent. That's the so. 23 kid that committed last weekend? Yeah, 6'6", yeah. uh, 250, like I said. That's a, that's a junior college kid. So I just remember reading up on him maybe two or three separate times, meaning just going to our website, and saying, all right, a JUCO? We're adding one for this year? And every time I get to the next graph, it's the 2023 prospect. I'm like, oh, well, we'll figure it out later. Got a three-star, 6'2", wide receiver who verbaled as well. I guess he's an athlete, uh, defensive back, I should say. Um but we'll see what he is. Uh, he's an athlete. Um, but uh, that's the Jones kid, Quindarius Jones, I believe is his name. Which, by the way, I just love that name. He ought to be a superstar. Sometimes you get names and you're like, hey, yep. guy, there you go. You pause in your tracks. Well, you just sitting Zari around talking. Zaria Thomas. Come Zari, on. Zaria Thomas is a great name. I, Sam McCall's a good name, too. Both those guys got good names for stardom. And I think. Quindarius Jones is a great name. If we're sitting around and we're watching uh, a preview for a game, and they're like, and don't forget about super sophomore Quindarian Jones, you'd be, Quindarius Jones, you'd be like, yeah, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. I've heard him talk about Tatum Bethune. Oh, great name. Great name. It's a good position for Tatum Bethune to play. <laughs> I just love that this is what we're having. We would have done this if we were in tip-top shape or not. We would we'd celebrate certain names if we were a top five program or outside the top twenty five. Oh, man, Jalen Ramsey. Oh yeah, what yeah. a name! Oh, we loved it. We loved it as soon as we heard it, and then he was an ass to go with it. Indeed, and revealed it within seconds of being here. <laughs> he got thrown out of practice. It what ten so, practices in? It is so rare that a guy uh, is a superstar in the making shows up, looks like he is indeed going to be a superstar in the making in his first practice. Has all of us thinking, my goodness, he might play this year, then reveals that he's a bit of an arrogant ass, and then is every one of those things that your first impression thought he was. But he was the arrogant ass you needed if we just listened to him more in that freshman season. I don't want people to get it wrong. Uh, I loved it. He called us out. He said, we're practicing like a bunch of chumps. Yeah, well, he was furious. Yeah. And he's... (laughs) The Jimbo responds to you with, oh, he'll big time you now is so great because who big times more than Jimbo when it comes to doing circuits and events it was, that are very important for a head coach to do? So people may not know what you're talking about, but I was talking to him about Jalen Ramsey one time at early when Ramsey had gotten here and, and was you know already established himself as a star. And uh, Jimbo... Because he got thrown out of fan day practice. Yeah, he got thrown <laughs> 
Think about that. He got thrown out of fan day practice. And Jimbo says to me off the record, which enough time has passed, and they've both gone on and done well for themselves. But uh, Jimbo's like, oh, he'll big-time you now. He'll big-time you. Which makes me laugh because it means that, he, that Jalen big-time Jimbo. You sassy bitch. <laughs> The fact that Jimbo's trying to talk to him and Jalen just ignores him. Yeah. He keeps walking. Oh, he'll big time you now. He'll do it. Right. Every time. And he wouldn't, right. He wouldn't say that if it happened once. He, oh, yeah. You know, that means that there are several attempts well, my, to reach out to Jalen. It just makes me laugh, by the way. I'm still laughing. Um, where I'm picturing the moment that Jimbo realizes that Jalen Ramsey's the kind of talent that you just have to ignore when he blatantly disrespects you in front of everybody else. Now, Jalen, I say at 9 o'clock in my office, you'll be there at 9.30 today, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. It's 9.42. He's done it again. He's not here. I knew he wouldn't be here. Never is. What am I, I going to do? He's big time. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start him on Saturday. That's what I'm going to do. He'll big time you now. That's what he'll you do. Sassy b- <laughs> It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Are you are you kidding me? Antonio Cromartie Jr.'s kids are visiting. What are they that age already? Is that accurate? Some of them are, I'm sure. Man, that's a oh, man. Well done, live spectator. Yes, that's Walter Gibbs in the ringer is right. That's the Could, all time. Couldn't we have like half of our defense at one point be Cromartie's? I'd love it. Man, what a baller he was. I remember him in high school. He was he was an all-world player at Lincoln. I mean, it's just it's crazy. When I was a freshman here, that was the year I think that he missed because he of injury. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, infuriating. And then once he uh, got hurt, you're like, well, we'll never see him again. He's just going to enter the NFL draft because everybody knows what a freak he is. That's how good he was. Think about that. You missed the year, and you're like, ah, I'm going to the draft. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're doing around here. Um, yeah. That's that's amazing. He was an unbelievable player and uh, and prolific off the field as well. 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, we could have a linebacker, Cromarty, a defensive tackle. One can hope. A safety, a corner. We're off and running out in Omaha. Oklahoma leading Texas A&M one to nothing. bottom of the first. You know, when they join the conference, if you count them as uh, SEC it members. It is so weird to say out loud, Oklahoma versus Texas A&M is going to be an SEC matchup. Yeah, because it would be six out of eight teams in Omaha right now will be from. When they, when they join when the they conference. Join. Yeah. yeah, It's Stanford and Notre Dame, the only outliers. Yeah, Notre Dame uh, and Texas play tonight. Uh, oh, horns. 7 o'clock. Move it along. <laughs> Let's move the process you along. Just, you just wanted on the line, which is dotted. Yeah, yes. the sooner the better. Yeah, you just want it on Every the line. Every win costs us another 50 grand which at minimum. Not, I don't think so. I don't think it does. I think there's a there's a ceiling here. He's a baseball coach. It's not football. Uh I don't I don't think I mean I think we're going to have to pay him a million dollars or something close to it. It just the sooner it happens the the better it looks for the athletic department because let's say they go to the second weekend they're in the winners bracket after a victory tonight so they're guaranteed another week there. And then something crazy happens that's unforeseen, and he takes a job at, you know, Georgia. You know what I mean? Wherever it is. Michigan, who just Michigan, lost their coach. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, he can recruit to our part of the country. Yeah, Look, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just you don't look as strong as an athletic department. We need to project strength, and we're doing a good job of putting well, ourselves in position think, to project strength. I but, think we are projecting strength right now. Um, no, I'm intrigued. I, I don't think – I really – we're we're just such a a, a a wounded, injured fan base. Yeah, we just are. I mean, this the the writing's on the wall here. My man is coming to Florida State. I mean, the writing's on the wall here. Oh, breaking news? You reporting it? No. Okay. I'm just. I mean, look. He hasn't called me from Omaha and said I'm coming to uh, Florida State to to take over my alma mater. He hadn't done that, but. I mean, golly, I, you, you, the Clemson thing had me slightly worried because they had decided to throw their hat in the ring and yeah. care about baseball. That would be a tough one for him to say yes to, though. I would think. I thought that, too. But, you know, money's money. So, I mean, I did think, well, what if they decide to pay some astronomical sum? And then you're like, well, hell, man. Because I will say this, and I, I think it's important to note this. I would like Link Jarrett to be the next head coach at Florida State. Sure, I would. A lot of good baseball coaches out there. It's not the end of the world if Link Jarrett isn't. This isn't, oh, if we don't get him, we have failed. I do think it's ideal. I do think that's who they're going after. I do think that's who they're going to get. But I would tell you this. If my man has some crazy-ass demands, I wouldn't spend too much time worrying about this. I mean, like if, right. he's, if he tells you he wants $1.7 million. And a new stadium in five he, years. Have a good day, dude. No, I'm not doing all that. Yeah, the thing is, though, whatever the coach decision is, whoever signs the contract, it's just it matters to me what the price tag is. Because I want to be able to think that when we're making our next basketball hire or if we have to make a move in football, that we can advance our own expectations. Sure. Because let's just say it's 1.2. I don't know what it is. But let's say the final figure is 1.2 over three or four years guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that give you confidence that the basketball program is not dead in the water right now? When, Maybe. When Leonard's time is done? I, a lot of that's going to depend, Tom, in my opinion, on what they're prioritizing at that time and where are we for football. Where are we at? Has this thing settled down? Is our head coach solidified? Not going anywhere? Signed to a long-term deal? Florida State's healing itself getting better where we're, everything is uh 
everything is is secure. If that's the case, then um, it, it you know it'll be interesting. If we're if we're a mess and we're maybe on the verge of having to make a change, well, I think basketball is going to suffer because I don't think they're going <laughs> to really be all that worried about basketball at that point if they're having to break the bank to bring somebody in here for football. But I, I'm a few months removed from saying that that would be the case for soccer's replacement or for if Lonnie gets a bid from another school or if, you know, meets in a situation where it's not great, you'd keep him for another year. Like, I, I would have thought, given where football is right now, which is unproven, unproven in this regime, that they would save every penny available to them for doomsday, and they're not. They're not. They're doubling mm-hmm. down on these mm-hmm. other sports. That's that's encouraging. Um, you the the only thing that you have to worry about right now, I think. And you know, I jokingly just said a moment ago that Link Jared could be linked to Michigan. Well, I mean, in theory, they could, right? They could go after the guy at Notre Dame. They just lost a coach that did a really good job there. And they have won at Michigan. They, they've now won. They've been the Big Ten school that can win, you know, in baseball. So I suppose you could – Michigan could offer them a, a crazy sum and then maybe you'd be in trouble. But the one – if, if there are a bunch of other schools that uh, are, I guess you would say well, – I shouldn't say a bunch of other schools. There are about a handful of schools that are a possibility. Florida State, high on that list. Michigan, high on that list. Uh, Washington, I know, has an opening. I don't think he's going to Washington. You know who's on that list? Southern Cal. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a prestigious place to play college baseball. It they is. have a rich history. It is in California, and he's not a California right, guy. West Coast, West Coast baseball connections are different, right? Very I mean, different, right. I don't think that's who they – but if they did, buddy, you – yes. they Southern Cal has decided they are all in on everything. So you could get held hostage there. You could. And and that's what I mean. If if some, if USC says to Link Jarrett, we're going to give you two million dollars. Good luck, good luck, good, congratulations, Link. Right, You're the next yeah. head coach at USC because I'm not doing that for baseball. No, I'd take a look at the tax implications of the two mil. Right, city and state versus think, no state I of Florida. I don't think he wants to go there. Um, I I do. I think um, that he he probably wants to come here. Uh, who wouldn't? In the sense that this is where he played. It's where he grew up. It's uh, the program he loved before he was ever a player here. Um, uh, and he'll be a head coach where we don't have to talk about the same three things. Hooray. I know you've been rooting for that for a long time. Since I was in yeah. my early 20s. Yeah. I'm no. 35. I'm in agreement with you there, buddy. I'm in agreement with you there. I was thinking of the first time that I went to a sporting event with my father for the Father's Day show here, uh, if you will. At least I've alluded to it. What was the first sporting event you went to with your dad? Well, how about the first sporting event that still means something to you and that you remember vividly? That's a really good question. I, I think it might have been going to Mets Devil Rays at Tropicana Field. We got him out to go to that game because he wasn't big on baseball after the strike. Oh, but he, yeah, but he went with me that. to yeah. Mets Devil Rays, and that was cool. And then there was a slew of hockey after that. That means the world. Yeah, but the first one was games. probably a baseball game. Probably a baseball game? Yeah. My first was a baseball game, too, surprisingly. A lot of people think it's when I was really, really, really young and we came up here to Florida State games, and we did. 
But my first foray into professional sports or any kind of organized going into a stadium, big moment that I can remember very specifically, my dad was visiting an old Army buddy in Detroit, and we went to old Tiger Stadium to see the Tigers and the White Sox. And Chet Lemon hit a home run and just went just barely over our head. And I'll never forget that. And that old Tiger Stadium had the lights, those big lights. You've seen that old stadium uh, where Cecil Fielder uh, hit so many home runs. And... um, and, and I can still remember uh, thinking it was larger than life, man. Walking in there with him. I remember driving to the stadium. This is funny. My dad's army buddy's driving. Now, I'm really young, so I didn't really realize that my dad was boozing in the passenger seat. Um, now, you know, discreetly, he had like a, like a thermos. Uh, and, and the reason I now know this is that <laughs> the army buddy who he hadn't seen in years. Why does it still smell like gasoline in the car, Dad? <laughs> no, what I still remember is that we got close to that stadium, and the army buddy says to my dad, "Don't worry, Jim. There's a spot up here. I always stop for this very thing." Like he, he knew that because they tailgated. They always used to tailgate for the Tigers games, and uh, or his army buddy did. And so, because my dad was like, "Hey, we need to pull over, Steve. We need to." We need to pull over. He's like, I, I got you. It's coming up right up here. It's a good spot. As a little kid, I was just like, I don't know why my dad's drinking so much coffee. It's late. <laughs> and then we, when he, we went into the stadium, and he was holding my hand. I can still remember the lights, man, being blown away. Blown away. Yeah, I, I wasn't with my dad for my first Major League Baseball game uh, at Shea. That was uh, my sister and I went. It was a vacation to go see extended family. But I'll tell you the thing that was most special to me growing up with my dad and it's why the british open means so much to me was we would watch that in the mornings and the weekend and you're asking why can i remember roca and the valley of sin because i remember distinctly sitting with my dad we mm-hmm. would just get up so early and make breakfast and, and watch what was the final round and same thing for the Ryder cup when they would go to europe he loved morning sports and uh he That's said he said um it's it's never over and i'm like dad there's no way roca's gonna make this and he goes if he doesn't believe he's going to he can't so you have to believe. And it went in. It was just the coolest thing. Now, of course, the odds are astronomical sure. of that going in. Sure. But if you don't believe it's going to happen, it, it can't. And I just remember that lesson sinking in. And I remember exactly where I was. That I can smell the room. It's, uh, it's That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, those those memories, I, well, and I've talked about all the times. Uh, you know, my parents were divorced, and I had some weekends where I'd stay with my dad. Uh, others where I was with my mom. And my stepdad, anyhow, when I, I, I can remember going to visit my dad and I would get so excited because usually he'd pick me up or I'd get dropped off on like a Thursday and stay through Sunday. And we would watch uh, college football. It was college football season. I can still remember. And back in those days, like, you pretty much were going to see Michigan or Notre Dame. <laughs> like you could, They were on every weekend, you know. Uh, you'd get Southern Cal and you'd get a few others. But I remember the fight songs because I love Notre Dame and Michigan's fight song, which sound almost exactly alike. But I love them. I do. Um, and I can remember that. And I would sit in front of the TV. Go Irish. And, <laughs> and I, would, I would just, I loved it. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And my dad would crack up laughing. He's like, those are cool fight songs, aren't they? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I agree. Those are good. Those are good. And even though he's, you know, diehard FSU, he's like, those are good. It's a good fight song. There aren't too many. Southern Cal's got a good one too. When they when they do their thing too, it's pretty good. It's good. Um, that is uh, that's fun when you hear that when they're good 
and you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah. Ooh, here right. we go. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like when they play Michigan or something, or any time that they've played Oklahoma or Texas, like all those, you hear those things, you're like, oh, this is so old school, fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's us. There's I remember coming to Doe Campbell in my, I wasn't even double digits yet, and uh, going into the stadium when it was the Erector set. And, of course, back in the day, everybody remembers Saturday nights at Doak. Um, you know, Florida State largely, uh, as they were building towards uh, a dynasty and, and towards uh, college football uh, royalty, uh, those Saturday nights at Doak were special, man. And it was, uh, it was loud, and I remember uh, kind of raucous and fun. And I remember going to those games with my dad, and, and we would tailgate off of, uh, is that uh, Chapel? Uh, yeah, yeah, right off right a cha- there, yeah. right off a chapel. Yeah, the only thing over there was the church. Those with the big hill, with the big hill. Yes, that's yeah. where we used to play slosh ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, big- peg kickball and slosh we, ball. Yeah, we'd go over there. The only thing over there was the big church. You had the big hill. The apartments weren't there yet. Spanish Town Apartments, which are no longer called Spanish Town Apartments, whatever they're called now, they were called something else when they were first built. Uh, I can remember that. And I remember thinking, oh man, they're gonna take away our tailgating place. I loved it. One of the greatest athletic collegiate performances of all time. This guy right here is a game of slosh ball, and bases loaded, nobody out. For you kids out there, it's wiffle ball with beer and kegs. And it's awesome. And it's a triple play automatically if you can catch the wiffle ball in your cup. Two separate times, bases loaded, nobody out. Your boy ran down a fly ball deep into the alley and caught it in the Made cup. Made that play. For the inning-ending triple play. Did you yell suck it as you did it? My, I came back, and my friend from high school was, when did you turn into an athlete? I'm yeah. like, huh? All I needed was a little bit of daddy. <laughs> I Who knew? <laughs> I needed a little good courage. I had to get it done. Now, now see, this can't – we need to stop this. I, I see where John Rom's at minus three. That's awesome. Good. Good for you, John Rom. But Joel Dahman and Calum Terran do not need to be leading the U.S. Open going into the weekend. Get the hell up out of here with this. They can. Uh, allow them to be the final pair tomorrow, and that's just a tire fire. And then you've got Scheffler and Rom in the second-to-last pairing. Yeah, perfect. That's true. I just glanced over there. I'm like, what? Joel Dahman and it's, it's Colin Damon, whatever the hell. <laughs> You'll learn when he wins this major. No, he's not going to. <laughs> he's not. By the way, Morikawa's right there at minus three, too, right now. So, okay. Okay. Let's see you, Morikawa. Came into this tournament in terrible form. All of a sudden, he's at three under. I don't have him on my roster. I played him. I'm very happy about that decision. He's going to blow up in the second half here. He's not going to be there for you when you need him most. I see a plus seven in his future. This this show should be at a bar tabletop right now just (laughs) watching the U.S. Open. It should be us betting. Live commentary (laughs) and and wagers. Yeah. (laughs) So Jeff Cameron showed. There's Joel. He does wear the bucket hat. I do like that. 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. You almost made that. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Libations Friday. And I would tell you this. You need to go, if you're going to think about getting some solar panels for your roof, uh, go see my man at T-Spark, uh, T-Spark Enterprise. Of course, you know that, Enterprises and Construction, Roofing and Construction. Uh, I, it's not just that they're great at it and he's qualified for it and uh, certified, more importantly. Uh, it's that they do great work consistently, and I've used them 
uh, not just for that, but my uh, roof, obviously. And uh, I think, again, I'm probably going to have them adding on to the house here in the not-too-distant future. So This is the time where you got to eat a bunch every night if you're working at T-Spark with the heat advisories, but they're so good at it. They're pros. Yeah, and they do everything, uh, commercial tenant build-outs. Um, they've got uh, the most reliable employees because, again, uh, that's a it, that's a, a, a drug-free environment that they insist upon, and they work really hard. They get these guys as employees. They're not just independent contractors. They're employees. There's a standard that they hold them to. So uh, T-Spark Roofing and Construction. Uh, Jeff and Tom, can we get a weekly Where in the World is Destin Hill segment and get it sponsored? No. Is he so? Michael sounded encouraged when I did on Sunday. I did uh, this pat was it this past week that I did it? Or was it the week before? I can't remember. Sunday, uh, um, this past Sunday, yeah. yeah. We did it's been uh, a long week. We did the Sunday smash, it has been a long week. We did the Sunday smash, and uh, Michael Langston was encouraged, you know. And you told me during the break, all jokes aside here, uh, you told me during the break that you were very encouraged by what we continued to hear. Um, uh, oh, Winston, about Winston, Winston Wright. Winston yeah. Wright. Yeah. I was like, about Destin? I was like, man, ain't no fictions. I have no idea what's going to happen with Destin Hill. No, 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 no. We were talking about Winston Wright. And, yeah, uh, I mean, they just, it points to him playing at least four or five games. I'm thinking, this is my own interpretation of the continued good progress that he's making. I, you know, September might be a bridge too far. Maybe not. His camp is certainly approaching it like he's going to be able to play by yeah. LSU. But you get a half a season out of that guy, he's got a full year of eligibility behind it. If he doesn't do enough, he comes back. I mean, you're in a great place here. Both sides are. That's the part that, yeah, I I, I always lose sight of, that he can come back. You know, he can right. come back. So can Tatum Bethune. I don't think he is. But I, he's not aiming to, but what if he has just a very good season and not a great season? Come I have a, I have a feeling he's going to have a very good season, and I, I also think um, – that not only is he going to have a good season, I think he's going to uh, be a big difference maker for Florida State because they haven't had a difference maker at linebacker in a long time. And Deloach got a lot better last year. With those two guys on the field, it's actually a position of strength. We go from being a minus unit to a plus. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I Again, I think there's... Um, I'm not quite as bullish, but I think they're at least an average to maybe a slightly above average group. I just want to see how they do in coverage. I don't know that our practices is the best way to determine how good your linebackers are in coverage. Yeah, uh, no doubt. There's. I will also note that um, I they, they've got a bit of an attitude, those two. And linebacker, more than any other position, you really do have to be a little cuckoo. Uh, that is, a, that is a, a collision sport, and uh, that is an area where you have to be willing to uh, come in and stick your head in there. And we haven't had guys for a while, I don't think, consistently. It's slowly flipping. I like what I see out of Omar Graham mm-hmm. uh, Jr. for the future. That's good. Gainer's gotten better. I don't know how, how many snaps that means. You know, 10% of the snaps, 20% of the snaps. But he's gotten better to be in the rotation. You still need more recruits on the way. But it's not a laughing stock position group anymore, which is nice. You know, I know collectively the fan base is very discouraged by where we're at from a recruiting standpoint, just the, the rankings. Uh, I was reading this morning, I saw where Craig Hobart uh, from ESPN posted a ESPN Plus article on, on recruiting. And I know that, you know, you can obviously look at rivals, you can look at wherever you want to look. But I was just going through trying to see where they were, and I saw that Notre Dame had the number one class. Marcus Freeman is doing some things. Were you aware of that? I had no idea, no. Yeah, yeah number one. 
I don't look at the top of the recruiting board anymore. I, it hurts your feelings, doesn't it? Georgia was the two, Ohio State. Then there's this, hmm, that can't be right. You know, you start looking at some things. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no way. What is going on at Texas Tech? Where? Joey McGuire, ever heard of him? No. Has been known as a strong recruiter and brings a high-energy style to the Red Raiders. Now with a full cycle to work, this is a team to watch in recruiting. The foundation of this class is built on uh, in-state talent, including quarterback uh, Jake Strong. A passer who is committed to improve throughout his high school career and has a good arm strength and accuracy. Short, Jordan can be a sound tackler in the secondary. They have a four-star quarterback in Calvin Simpson Hunt. Is a uh, they got an edge defender in Isaiah Crawford. And they're they're basically promoting them as a 2023 class top ten. What? What are we doing here? Texas Tech. That'll change with NIL at the eleventh hour, right? Isn't that how we have to approach these things? Even if they were committed all season, Texas is going to jump in or A&M is going to jump in and poach the two or three that they want. Well, again, it's 2023. You're looking ahead here way outside. You know. It's not that far, though. It's only six months to signing day. That's the weird part. they got they got to fix that. The December signing day thing sucks. Arkansas is well thought of in recruiting right now. Cincinnati's well thought of in recruiting. Cincinnati. They're backing it up? Got a good coach. They're going to the Big 12, whatever that means. Uh, it's fascinating. I mean, you can go, you go through this, you see some names. Now, we, they got Florida State at 20. He does. Keep climbing. And the Parson and Keith Sampson, that's that's what they're pointing to. We'll see if Parson even is a part of the class. I was going to say, yeah. Well, it's, it, it is. Uh, Scheffler and Rahm and Morikawa, the big names there atop the leaderboard behind uh, this chap, Taryn, that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, so that's that continues to be an interesting leaderboard there. Rory's one off the pace of the big names. He's, he's, at, he's two. at two. Okay. Yeah. So he's, it was a tap and birdie. Salvaged himself there. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, you can attack the par fives here and score and then just try to play the rest even and you're fine. I mean, that's real, it's easier said than done. But that guy's driver is, uh, in the last five U.S. Opens, we saw it. He's gained over four strokes uh, on the next group of three, the best best three in the field. I mean, that's how much better he's been. Doesn't look like JT is going to compete this weekend. He fired a 72. He's already done for the day, which there was some hope yesterday watching the Well, is that about plus two for the tournament? Plus Still. Uh, plus two. I, is, there's a lot of bodies you got to jump, and I don't know that a 65 is out there to go make the move you're going to need to make. You probably need to be around one over to – one under today to be able to really threaten. Yeah, I, I I say this: if we get if if he is somewhere in the neighborhood of um, within four strokes going into a Sunday, I mean we I'm come back from seven strokes. I know it's a very different course, but he has that in him to go out and put a low number on the board if it's out there. So it could it could be fascinating. I, I it's better if he is in it. I will say that. Uh, let's get to some probables here. We'll just keep it rolling and have some fun with it while we can. I'm not going to start a whole new launch into a whole new thing here. It's time for. How you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Phillies, Nats, they're in the fifth. It's 4-1 to one Philadelphia. Ranger Suarez. Joan Adone. Footnote, that's my mistake. Uh, JT shot one under yesterday, so he's in the thick of it. Yeah. He's at one over for the championship. Yeah, he's good. Braves, Cubs, they're in the second. Nothing, nothing. Charlotte Morton. Keegan Thompson. 
Rays Orioles, Shane Baez, Dean Creamer. Brewers Reds, Eric Lauer, Hunter Green. We got the Phillies and the Nats game two. Is that right? Bailey Falter and Paolo Espino. Giants, Pirates. Hey, how about that? On Father's Day weekend, my Pirates are playing the Giants. Carlos Rodon and Zach Thompson. Let's go Buckos. Yankees, Blue Jays, Jordan Montgomery and Ross Stripling. Cardinals, Red Sox, Adam Wainwright, Michael Waka. Rangers, Tigers, John Gray, Tariq Skubal. Marlins don't know who they're going to start, but the Mets said, we're starting Carlos Carrasco. Get you some. That's what we're doing. He's 7-2 with a 3-9-3. White Sox, Astros, Lucas Giolito, and Fromber Valdez. Padres, Rockies, Mackenzie Gore and Kyle Freeland. Royals, A's, TBD, and Frankie Montas. Twins, D-backs, Devin Smeltzer and Madison Bumgarner. Guardians, Dodgers, Zach Plezak, Clayton Kershaw. Have you noted? What do you think Clayton Kershaw is at this year? You got you to guess where Clayton Kershaw is? ERA? Yeah, just record ERA. Uh, six and one with a two seventy two. That's a really good guess. He's four and one with a two one two. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, not bad. Angels, Mariners, Michael Lorenzen, Robbie Ray. Hey, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Well, good luck to you tomorrow with the uh, one hundred and twelve degree <laughs> heat index as you uh, compete in the MGA. That is. Oof. Yeah, it's the it's the FU Open is what we call it. A lot of water, and that's FU heat. A lot of water, man. A little noon tea time hurts your feelings. Yeah, that's the first group. You guys off. couldn't get out there at eight a.m. What are we doing? No, apparently not. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, I just don't want to fall off a cliff tomorrow like Victor Hovland did today. Good. I don't have it, Victor. Second round, seventy-seven. Woo! Oh, buddy. Seven over for the championship, Ooh. and that's where he will remain. That cut's not moving to seven. What is that cut? Right now, it is at four. Okay. Well, four is in. Five five is out, so I guess I'd make it five. Who do you like? We'll reconvene. Who do you like? Uh, you got to keep an eye out for Brooksy. He had a good round today. He shot 67, so he's at even for the tournament. Um, I'd say, though, John Rahm is the is my leader in the clubhouse. That dude is, if he played one under golf awfully yesterday, I don't think he's going to play that bad the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's gonna. I think we got a real chance to see the uh, creme de la creme here, man. We could have a Sunday that features Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas. Oh, man. Morikawa, maybe. I'm telling you, he's going to fall off, though. He's, he's off a cliff for you, buddy. No chance. He's 200 today. He's on the back, the Struggling. tougher side. He's really, it's smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors out here for Colin Morikawa. He can't tell if he's hitting a cut or a draw. He doesn't know. Just kind of aiming in the general area, hoping. Oklahoma, Boomer, Sooner, 8. Texas A&M, nothing in the second inning. Out in Omaha. My goodness gracious. Get you some of that Texas A&M. I don't cheat and I don't lie. Mm. Notre Dame, Texas tonight, 7 o'clock. You won't watch a second of it. No, I'll just check in and hope that Notre Dame's losing. Saturday over the weekend, uh, very important hockey game for everybody, as we all know. I know all you guys will be pulling on my Tampa Bay Lightning against Colorado in Game 2. That's an 8 o'clock dropping of the puck. There will be wine. 
Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, thank you, sir. To you, Director Matthew. Yeah, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you out there. I hope you enjoy it. Take some time to hug your kids and tell them how much you love them. Uh, good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.